0: Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Alamo City Church. Well, yeah, I'm telling you, somebody um, in Bear County did not pay the utility bills um, because it's hot. Do you realize how hot it is? Where we where we have been the last uh, little bit, it's it's uh, we don't even want to tell you the temperatures in the mornings up there, but it's this. That is the place to be in the mountains or the place to be in the summertime. Um, this is a place to escape from if you can. We have been able to do that and we're blessed to be able to do it the last, the last few years, but we're just so glad to be home. We're just glad to be home. And she came home too this time, I, even in the heat. Now, Josh, where are you, Josh? Okay, we, um, we need to pray our brother and his family—they are being transferred, shifted um, to uh, Washington D.C. An assignment up there that that has opened up for them. And uh, Shirley, a few weeks ago, just came out of the blue and just put you on the spot and had, had embarrassed you and had you play some stuff. And I like it. you know, but it was—and we we really, really, really have. Been blessed to have you a part of our worship team, our worship family, over these last um, this last good while, and um, I, I think as as we pray for you, we'd like to invite other folks to be a part of this prayer time who are um, in the throes of or you're facing some transition in your life. Uh, a movement, uh, maybe to another city, a, a transition in your profession, in your job. Uh, something's going on that, that is, um, there's movement. Things are about to change. If that's you in this room, um, I'd like to invite you just to get up from where you're seated and come and just join us here at, at the front. Something's going on, something's shifting, something's changing, and we'd just like to pray for you. Those of you who are a part of our, our streaming audience, uh, wherever you may be, if you're stepping into a season of transition, um, we always will know some parts, but we're just not going to know all the parts yeah. that, are, that are involved. And we'd like for you to be included in this time of prayer. Shirley is going to pray with us and, and for us. And if you're watching online, if you just want to get on your knee Knees, or just open your hands before the Lord, or even stand up with your head bowed before your phone. That that'd work. That'd work too, just fine. Amen. God, God bless those of you who are who are responding. Sure. Let me just turn this over to you as you feel led to to pray, and and we'll we'll go from there. Okay.
1: We believe in the power of corporate prayer. We strongly do, and I want to invite you, as you're sitting wherever you are. It's no accident that you're here today. And you're having the opportunity to pray for these, too. And so I just would um, encourage you to listen. Listen to the Spirit's voice and pray even as I am praying. Because the Scripture says that where two or more gathered in His name, what? There He is in our midst. This is not just an exercise in futility. There is power in corporate prayer. Abba, Father, we thank you for the privilege today to come turn our faces to you as your children and in, and in agreement this morning, be, not because of our collected strength or effort or power, but because of the work, the finished work of the cross that Jesus Christ has, has done in our behalf, that we can come clean before you. And with confidence, ask in the name of Jesus, for these are brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank you for each of these. I thank you, Father, that you have a plan for them that is not happenstance, but but is very particular. And for Josh and for each of these, Lord, we thank you today that we pray for them as an arrow, being shot by the power of the Holy Spirit into a new place. Father, the place of your appointing. Lord, we thank you that you are opening doors that no man can close. And, Father, that you are closing doors that no man should open. Father, we thank you that we can ask that you will give them favor in their new assignments. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you are going to anoint them. You are going to empower them with, with your power from on high to be able to stand in the places that they are going, but not just to stand, but to make spiritual progress, Lord, we pray for their families. Lord, we pray for their children. Lord, that you will, you will even now be, go before and make a way for those kids. Put them in the right schools. Give them the right friendships. Lord, we pray for their marriages in the name of Jesus. We pray a a specific covering over them of protection during this time of transition, Lord. Father, we pray that you would make them wise, um, that you would strengthen the bonds of these, these marriages. Lord, we thank you that you've not given them a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. So we stand against fear that they will not go in fear. In fact, we ask this scripture over them out of Isaiah 55, verse 12, that says, you will go out with joy and you will be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Amen. Father, we thank you that today we pray a blessing on these. Amen. Father, for their faithfulness as they have been a part of this fellowship. Amen. Lord, we, bless, we pray a blessing over them. Amen. Lord, we pray that you will indeed send them forth. And as you've equipped them with certain things as they've been here at Alamo City. Lord, we, with, with joy in our hearts, we release them. To the next place. We're so grateful, Father, for their ministry here. But we release them to the place, Lord, of your appointing. And, Father, we pray you would plant them. Plant them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Yeah. Bless you. Amen. 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 You know, some of us came back home. Some of us are leaving, going to a new place. It's just all a part of the Lord's way of keeping our eyes upon Him. And He has a way of unsettling things a little bit to keep us from getting lazy spiritually. You know, to keep our eyes on him. Thursday morning at about 7 o'clock mountain time, Shirley and I got in a Tundra pickup truck, drove south or drove north out of Big Sky, Montana. We hit Billings, turned right, or no, we hit Bozeman and turned right, went over to Billings, and then we turned south and went down by Um, Custer's Last Stand, a Little Bighorn Battlefield. Left Montana and entered Wyoming. Came up on on Casper eventually. And from Casper to Cheyenne. And Cheyenne to Denver. From Denver to Pueblo. Pueblo to Walsenburg. Walsenburg to Trinidad. From Trinidad to Raton from Raton to Amarillo, from Amarillo to Lubbock, from Lubbock to Eden, and then we turned south and went to Junction and hit Interstate 10 and came on into San Antonio. Now, the reason I can recite all of those towns and places and then, in most cases, the proper order is that we did that, and we typically do that without stopping. It's 1,700 miles, and we get in a in a vehicle, and we just drive straight through. Now, that was up until this last time, and we decided that this was our last time to do that. We're going to spend the night somewhere on the road. But the reason we we do that, a big chunk of that, is because we miss home. We miss home, and we want to come home. Big part of where home is is where you are. It's Alamo City. It's this place. We don't talk so much about where our church membership is. That kind of sounds legal and technical and lawyerish. But we will speak of where our church home. And it's this place. When we're not with you, we miss you. When we don't see you, we miss your voices. We wanted to come home. Come out of the mountains this year with that theme working strongly in my heart, and I I think as well in Shirley's heart. Where's your church home? Where's your church home? Now, I realize as I speak to this group, looking into the faces of the ones I can see, the assumption would be, well, this this is my church home. Alamo City is my church home. But the broader group today, scattered who knows where around this world, the question may be relevant and pertinent back to you. So where's your church home? Where's home? Remember that old statement? Home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Home in the best sense would be the place where you want to be. Home is where you'll want to be. Now, I'm going to be a little autobiographical and maybe a little too transparent for whoever preachers might stumble into or listen to this broadcast this morning. There may, there may not be any, but I'm liable to get in trouble with one or two if I say some of these things. But I, I really believe that the preachers, the brothers and sisters in Jesus who will hear these things There'll be a yes in your spirit. We may not be able to say it because if some of the preachers said what I'm about to say, there might be a special call deacons meeting at three o'clock this afternoon. And it shouldn't be that way. Here's a little clue. Just about every Sunday that comes around, I will say to Shirley, as I leave the house at about six thirty, seven 7 in the morning to get here. This is what I say to the pastor's wife. You come if you want to. You can do don't. Did you hear that? You come to church if you want to. Home is where we want to be. I want you to find in your copy of the Scripture a very, very famous verse of Scripture spoken by Jesus, a passage in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus is having a conversation with his men. And he asks them, who do people say that I am? And they give different answers until Peter answers. This is what he says in verse 16, Matthew 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Now that may not carry a lot of impact to us, not having grown up in the Jewish tradition, but for a Jewish man, a Jewish woman, a person of the Jewish background to look at another human and say to that person, in this case Jesus of Nazareth, You are the one we have been looking for forever. You are the one that God said would come one day. You are the promised anointed one being sent out of heaven to this earth to rescue, to deliver, to restore You are God's promised person. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said back to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood didn't show this to you. A teacher didn't convince you of this. An earthly teacher didn't convince you of this. The only way you would know who I am is that my Father in heaven showed me to you. The very fact that you would know in your knower who I am is the result of supernatural revelation to you. You didn't get this from people. You didn't get that understanding from this world. This revelation came from heaven to your heart. Stay with that. Verse 18, Jesus continues, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not overpower. You are Peter. Can we just hear this? Peter means little rock. Peter means that word, that literal translation of that word means little rock, chip off the rock, pebble, sliver, grain of rock. And upon, Jesus continues, and upon this rock. I will build my church. Completely different word. Nowhere is Jesus saying, I'm going to build my church on Peter. That's little rock, but the rock upon which he says, I'm going to build my church is a completely different word. It's a stratum of rock. It's a mountain of rock. It's a massive rock. Peter, you're the little rock you're a little rock, you're significant, you're important, but you're just a little rock. I will build my church upon this big rock. Well, what's the big rock? What's the stratum of rock? What's the granite mountain rock? It's the rock of revelation that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this rock, upon this rock, Of my father revealing to people who I am upon that rock of revelation I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. I will build my church. Do you know That the word church, the English word church, is not even in your Bible. C H R C H U R C H is not in the Bible. Well, there are a lot of Bible, a lot of words that are English words that are not in the old language of the Bible words. But this one's very significant. He didn't say, I will build my church. The literal reading is, I will build my ecclesia. Ecclesia that means the ones called out, the called out ones. I, I will build a gathering, I will build a congregation of one's called out. Jesus used that word. It's an amazing word. Because it has a it has a Greek root to it. The, 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 the culture of the Greeks, the government of the Greeks root. It it had to do in the Greek culture with Ones who were known as free citizens, who, upon the sound of a herald crying out in the community, the free citizens would gather. They would not have been told to gather. They would not have been threatened to gather. But because they were free, they were set free, they were free, they chose to gather. When the cry of the herald went out. One of the New Testament scholars I respect in his thinking and will, will often check to see his take on a particular word or a particular passage is, um, is a fellow by the name of Spiros Zodiates. How about that for a scholar's name? He's come up with, and, and it's a study Bible that uh, there are many annotated points and places that are very helpful in getting some of the, the difficult words sorted out um, in, in the Scripture. But his, his comment on this, this term, ekklesia, this, that is translated the church, he said it denotes the New Testament community in its twofold aspect, all who were called by and to Christ in the fellowship of his salvation, the church worldwide at all times, worldwide of all times, the ones who have been called by Jesus and to Jesus. And then he says only secondarily is it having reference to an individual congregation or gathering. Point of that is, there will be, folks, in the true church, in the true gathering, the ones called out and unto Jesus, the one where Jesus says he will build that, there's going to be a singular loyalty to the person of Jesus Christ that will be greater than any other ecclesiastical, any other church type of entity on the face of the earth. The loyalty is to Jesus. So where did the name church come from? Where did the word church come from? From 1604 to 1611, the scholars in England commissioned by King James to translate the Bible into English out of the original languages, had to come up with English words to fit Old Testament and New Testament words and meanings. So the scholars then, trying to pick an English word that would fit with what Jesus was talking about here, because it doesn't say, we don't go around saying, I'm a member of of the first Baptist ecclesia, or the, uh, the, the, you know, the local assembly of God, Ecclesia. There's a word, the word church is there. Where'd they get it? For whatever reason. The scholars then, and it was printed in that authorized version in 1611 and has been there ever since in the English translations of the new of the scripture, in particular the New Testament. The word church. It comes from. Greek word, kurios. The closest rendering, the closest word in another language for the English word church would be the German word, kirch. Kirch. Here's what that's meaning. The word kurios meant Lord or Master. Jesus wasn't saying Upon this rock, I will build an organization that will become your master, that will become your ruler. I will build my gathering of ones called out and unto me. I will build them with their primary loyalty to me, not to a system. The word church speaks in its root of the, of the idea of a system, of, of, a, of something that is master over. It's from the word Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is kurios. Jesus is Lord. But never did he intend for it to be that some church system, some system, denominational system would take the place of in the loyalties of his people for himself. This whole thing of where's your church membership, where's your church membership, where's your church membership, membership, that, that can be fine up to a point. But if that means that whatever they say, Whatever those church rulers say is what I have to bow and scrape to. Wrong. Wrong. Systems of religion, systems of church that vie for the singular loyalty of the people of God to the person of Jesus Christ are off base no matter how long they've been in existence, no matter how wealthy, no matter how many facilities they have, it is Jesus, 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 and all other denominational ecclesiastical entities own down the line. Now, that's a threat if you're a system man or you're a system woman. But Jesus said, took to his word from a statement that was intended to describe free people, not bound people. Free people. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In other words... If the pastor's wife, who is called by Jesus, knows him and loves him, doesn't want to come to church on Sunday, she needs to have the absolute unquestioned freedom to do what she wants to. Now, somebody's going to say, well, somebody's been Yang, yang on the pastor about his wife not being in church. Not around here. They don't stay long. Because this has been in place literally for decades. You don't need to be going to church because you're afraid if you're not not there, somebody in hierarchy is going to be down on you and condemning you and telling you you're going to hell or you may not even be saved. Forget that. What right do they have? They are not your master. Jesus is your master. So let's go back to this thing. So where is, your, where is your church home? Where is the place where your heart is at home? It's going to be a place where you want to be. It's going to be a place that you choose to be, and it's going to be a place that, if you if you decide that you just have had enough of church people and churchy stuff and 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 all of these things that that get in the way of Jesus in the church, and you just want to check out for a while, the place that is your true church home will say back to you, been there, know what that feels like, we'll miss you, but we'll see you again. Amen. And we don't break any plates around here. Right. You've still got a place at the table. Now that's the ecclesia in a sense. The system will come at you with a full choke-barreled index finger loaded with double-aught buckshot, ready to just blow you to smithereens all to the glory of God because you didn't show up at this meeting and you missed that Sunday and you didn't read your book here and you didn't fill in those blanks there. System! System, 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 not not the congregation of the call to Jesus ones. One truly called to Jesus will understand that he called me, out of all kinds of mess and out of all kinds of things that I still can struggle with and he's still calling me and my heart is still being drawn to him and I'm around a bunch of other folks that understand those same kind of battles, those same kind of difficulties. So my church home is where I want to be. Not because not, not I have to be other than It's the want to that he's begun to own in my heart that causes me to want to be with the Lord's people. I don't know how many early Saturday mornings I spent in the parking lot of First Baptist Church Castle Hills waiting for one of our three to get through with a lock-in at Castle Hills First Baptist Church, or Oak Hills, Community Bible is in the mix, Town East Baptist Church is in the mix. From the get-go with our kids, with our three, Shirley and I made the decision. We want their loyalty to be to Jesus and not to a church, even if it's Alamo City. Where their dad is the pastor and their mama's the pastor's wife, because the bottom line is a church is destined, one way or another, sooner or later, is destined to disappoint you. If you get them too high up, get the church and the people making them too high up, and they start making God out of them. They, nobody's God but Jesus. We, 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 we sometimes do each other a great disservice by, by expecting more out of a human than a human is capable of producing. So we would say to them, Man, if there's something good going on at Oak Hills and you've got friends over there, you're not committing adultery <laughs> by going to something at another church because the loyalty is to Jesus. It's his church, it's not your daddy's church, it's not your mama's church, it's his church. And I'd wanna know Well, how many came to know the Lord, or a bunch came to know the Lord, Dad. Did you sense the presence of Jesus? Yes, we did, Dad. We, we would, we would, on purpose, trot our kids away to stuff where we knew they'd get stretched. Just <laughs> set them in them. This our upbringing, Baptist. We'd set them right into a trusted charismatic environment, and just watch what would go on in the place, and then look at the kid, look at the faces of our kids, expecting that on the way home we are gonna have a, now dad, What was that? I didn't understand what she was saying. I didn't understand. <laughs> And what about that when they just ended up on the floor, Dad? Were they all right? Did they call the doctor? The loyalty is not to be to what you consider normal or what we seem to feel safe in. The loyalty is to Jesus. And if it's in the Bible, he's for it. I know somebody said, man, you just need to go back to Montana. i just... <laughs> Just get lost in Yellowstone. Well, we tried that, and Shirley found her way out, and so we're here. But do you hear what I'm saying? Don't don't try to put the face of Jesus on the face of the church. Jesus is not the church. Let me say that again. Jesus is not the church. The church is people in various stages of being drawn into more conformity of the life of Christ within them. But Jesus doesn't need any more conforming. He's perfect. He he doesn't need any more instruction or discipling or training. He's it. But the church, the church, the church... The ones called to Jesus are in the process of being transformed from glory to glory, from a lesser image to a greater image of Christ. So we we can't be expecting that everybody in the church is, is going to be perfect, but where our hearts will be at home as that registers and resonates within us by the work of the Spirit, The Lord has called me. The Lord is calling me unto myself. I'm just going to want to hang out with other folks who are sensing the same things. That it's not a static situation. It's a dynamic situation. You know, I came away with the pictures of three men still working in my heart. One was an older guy. It was in the condo area where we were staying and, you know, up in years. Just Every time he'd see me, he felt like he just needed to try to impress some younger guy, and I probably wasn't that much younger than him. But, you know, here comes the, here comes the profanity. Here comes the trash talk. Here comes all the background of, you know, what he did when he was younger, and, and I'm, I'm supposed to be impressed. You know, I, was, I, I just listened to him. He tried it on me the second time, the second whole complete, repeated the same whole deal, same language, same set of deal. I, you know, I just finally just put my hands up there, just kind of walked off to the trash bin. He needed to jump in the trash bin with, with that mouth he had. But burden for him and praying for him, Lord, touch John, touch that, touch that old man, touch that old man. Lord, he doesn't get it. He Call him, Lord. And it's not too late. It's not too late. The two other, two other faces, and Shirley and I still laugh about these. You, you know, you've been on the road for 800 miles or something, and, you, and then the day, a couple of days before that, she decided there was one hike in Yellowstone that we needed to do that we hadn't, hadn't done before. You know, and I'm going to just tell you, men, men, women are tougher than we are. Don't, don't let any of the cultural stuff fool you. They, they're tough. If it had been up to the men to have babies that have been zero population growth decades ago, centuries ago, we're not that tough. So she's looking through this thing. I thought we've walked about every, every hike there is to hike in that, you know, in that Gallatin range and hadn't done much of Yellowstone Park, but you know, because there, there are a lot of bears and things out there. And, and, and I'm supposed to tell you, but you can't be carrying a 357 and cocking it at everything that goes, looks like it might be a bear. So I was a little hesitant. Little she said, oh, here's this one we need to do. So here, here's the deal. It was," She said, I, I think we're in shape for this. I think we can do it. Let's get good and tired before we go home. So it's a seven mile in and a seven mile out, walking, walking. There are no buses. You know, there's nothing. You walk it, and it's up, and you get up at the Ram's Horn Peak. And so anyway, you know, we, we made that, got back down. You know, in the Bible, men get older Women just get a little well stricken in years, as things always get to say. <laughs> but either way you cut it. We we were we we're a little bit a little little bit slower a couple of days after something like that. Fourteen miles round trip, but we, we packed up and we were getting ready to leave Thursday. So here we've sitting in a car riding along we put you know, we, we got we got through Casper and coming into Cheyenne and, and didn't know what to do with the traffic in Denver, so we we had needed gas anyway to make it to Raton. So we pulled into this place into this truck stop, loves truck stop in Cheyenne, Wyoming. The only thing they don't tell you about that is that this time of year up in that country, there is a motorcycle under every mile marker. There are motorcycles everywhere. Sturgis is going on or just finished up, so everybody's on a Harley, or on a big tricycle, on a big, you know, and, the, and I mean, and we pull into this place and, and it was full of bikers or wanna be bikers or used to be bikers or you know, I don't know what they were, but leathered up and and you know and, and they were having a great time they were just enjoying their doing their deal well when we finally get in line and the, and all of these pumps were full except for these one here and one here and there was a guy <laughs> don't know how long the boy had been riding that day but he evidently was so whipped so tired so so close to empty that he drove his Harley up as close as he could to the gas pump. He didn't even get off. He just unscrewed the lid, got the thing, stuck it in there and just sat there and just said, let it, let it. (laughs) Well, it was his friend, I guess, (laughs) over here at the other pump. And I'm getting tickled at this guy thinking, now that's the way to do it. You don't even have to get out of your car. You just pull up. and just." just." But this, this guy over here, He's just sitting on his Harley, kind of looking down. And he stayed there a long time. Just kind of sitting there a long People back up. <laughs> then then, then he, he decides that he would try to get up. Okay, and I'm telling you, this is, this, is a, this is a guy. This is a guy who... Wait a minute. You got me, David? Okay. This is a guy who was trying to be Willie Nelson's double first cousin. Either that or he had not stopped watching Easy Rider and Dustin Hoffman all those years ago. But he he he, 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 he gets up to about right here, and, and he couldn't go any further. And he said, you know, don't know how, where he'd come from. don't know if it was Sturgis or L.A. or whatever, but he, he's there on one foot. And then all of a sudden, he he tries to sling his right leg up over the seat and he gets it up and it gets stuck, (laughs) stuck on the seat. And and I wanted to get out of the truck and go help the boy. This is pitiful and embarrassing. Nobody got the braided ponytail coming out the back, got his leather, you know, stuff on and, and he's stuck in high gear. Eventually, you know, eventually he, he got got off, got together, got in there, but he had this look of just pain, every, pain everywhere. Well, we chuckled about that. But you know what I thought? That guy would fit just great in Alamo City. Hey, all he needs is for the Lord to just call him. Call him to himself. You you come to Jesus with your your biker leathers on. You come to Jesus with whatever else is going on, top end, low end, in the middle, wherever you are in the food chain. But when he calls you, you come. Because something has gone on in your heart. You, You found out that there's somebody who cares about me. Not just my rapper, but he cares about me. Lord, call unto yourself. No matter where they are, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what we used to be. Sometimes we have terrible memories. And we can be the ones that are the most judgmental. Well, I used to do that. I don't do anymore. Well, all the only way you're not still doing that is because Jesus rescued you, big boy, not because you had such a great change of heart and you were such a great person. You needed more power to get rescued. Don't ever forget that, you know. So he calls, and the ones he calls, without understanding that Jesus is not just a word on a page. He's not just a baby in a manger. He's not just a statuette on a cross. He's alive and he's real. And the only way you can know that is if God in heaven shows you Jesus. There's no evangelist skilled enough. There's no teacher. There's no mother. There's no daddy powerful enough to do it. God himself, Jesus said, has to show you who I am. And those are the ones upon whom and with whom I will build my ecclesia, my ga- gathering of ones called to me. Some things called church are nothing just business other than business connection agencies. You show up there and you're going to meet this high roller. You're going to meet this connector. You're going to meet this one. You're going to, you just play your cards right. You stay in the church, not a church. It's just a social event outfit, a connecting outfit. You know, if those things happen, and they do, within the context of folks who are really being called to Jesus, businessmen are bringing folks that work with them or they know under the sound of the gospel, amen, yes, absolutely. But at the core of it, going to be a love for Jesus. And the whole crowd can break out in a song from the heart. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I'm free. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. Who set me free? It wasn't a denomination. It wasn't a teacher. It wasn't a prophet. It was Jesus. So your loyalty and my loyalty, and I pray that my family's loyalty is not to a denomination, is not to Alamo City. It is to Jesus. And as a result of that, as a result of that, where he connects me with others, thank God for you, who love him, who are called by him, then we can rejoice in each other, but not try to make Jesus out of each other. That is a beatenest thing. We have parents bring their kids and say, you know, we, we, we can't do anything with our kids. Now the youth group is supposed to take care of them. What? Or my wife, she's a pistol, and I've done everything I can do, and I'm about ready to quit, and so I'm going to drop her off in the women's ministry. I, Jesus said, will build my church. I will fix, I will correct, I will I will carve away, I'll round off, I will build my church. I will build my church upon on the rock of revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So where's your church home? Where's your church home? Those of you out there scattered all over the world, If for a season this place called Alamo City, this little spot in San Antonio, Texas, there's something about what you hear and feel going out from here, can be a home for your heart for this season, then we welcome you. We greet you. We bless you. You are a part of us because if you stay in, if you've tuned in very many times and you're still tuned in, it must mean that there is some kind of a sense that you're, Embracing the things that matter to us as well, which is the centrality of the person of Jesus. Loving folks like Jesus loved folks. Not promising to love them after they clean up, get the language right, stop this, start that, then we'll love you. That's not when he started loving me. That's not when he started loving you. It's loving us in the middle of our whatever. Whatever. And saying, Jesus cares. Jesus is the answer. Jesus can mend your broken heart. The loyalty to Jesus. You come when your spirit, when you want to, wants to come. The church is not your Lord. Jesus is your. And sometimes folks who have they've just grown up in the system and equate the system with God, with Jesus, with final authority, With sometimes they just need to be challenged. They throw a fit. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? And you just walk on in freedom and love them, forgive them but show them that there is life and there is joy and there is power outside the crazy man-made system. I got all of my theological training from Southern Baptist institutions. And I will say this. Some of that teaching from some of those spirit filled professors messed me up. They got to talking about revival, got to talking about the fire of God, got to talking about the end times that Jesus will return, and helping me to figure out how to parse verbs and decline nouns and go through the, try to find the in depth meaning of things. And my soul was richly blessed. The system doesn't have to be sorry just gets out around when the system gets mixed up with the loyalty to Jesus I remember professors Dr. Fish and Dr. Thompson among others that I could name they would consider that they had us in a 3-year master's program 88 hours And then a doctoral, they would consider that they had us for the season that the Spirit of the Lord would allow us to be there as young ministers. And if on an occasion one would say, Dr. Fish, I feel like the Lord has called me to Central America, I feel like I got to go and take a group or be with a group. Instead of getting the pious, well, you're just too lazy for academia. You just don't really understand what will help you out. The system can help you out. They would automatically say, if the Lord's talking to you, if you sense in your heart the Lord is calling you, you go with Jesus. You go with Jesus. I remember one time I was preaching a revival meeting, a campus revival meeting at Baylor University, a Greek uh, fraternity, sorority, crusade, they decided to have invited me to come in and preach. And so we've been in a chapel there at Baylor University. Dr. Fish, my professor, heard that I was preaching there. A lot of things going on, challenging in my life at that season. And I, felt like, I think he knew that he needed to come just to be a support. Boy, those seven, eight hundred thousand students in that room, I just was going again on the subject of revival and opening your heart up to the wind of the Spirit and receive Jesus. And there's no, ch- no telling what He'll do with your life. It's Jesus, it's Jesus. And then I invited them to come and surrender to that call. And boy, I man, here they came. And I looked over on the carpet, on the floor of that chapel in Baylor University. And Dr. Roy Fish was stretched out on his face, weeping and praying, Oh God, oh God, let it come. Let it rain. Let it rain. Not saying that systematized teaching and teachers will always lead you wrongly. But you will know, you will know whether their aim is in the right place by how much of an affection for Jesus the Christ there is. And you go with that. We move from different places. We move. We don't all stay in San Antonio. As many of you are well aware, you're you're relocated. You're somewhere else when you move into your new place lord show me where there was a home for my heart it may not it may be that the rapper will blow you away you think i could never go to a place like that and feel the spirit of the lord but the spirit nudges you the spirit directs you and you have that sense that i need to go you need to try maybe somebody with his collar turned around backwards maybe with a 46-piece pipe organ that goes all the way up to heaven? You would think just looking at this place there, I couldn't feel the Lord in here. But when the man opens his mouth, you hear that wonderful family resemblance. That's a lover of Jesus. That's a lover of Jesus. As time goes on, you may find a home for your heart. <laughs> for goodness' sake, don't ever say, "I was born a Baptist." I am a Baptist, and I'll die. A Baptist. fill in any denominational category you want to. I was born a Catholic. I'll buy. Why do you say that? Where's your hope? Who's your hope? Who died on the cross for you? Who was raised because he accomplished the forgiveness of all your sin? Who's coming again for you? I'm going to tell you. Up yonder in glory, there's not going to be Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Presbyterians, whatever, whatever. Jesus people, Jesus people, Jesus people, Jesus people. All the labels we leave in the grave. That's it. I'm done. Let's stand together, please. If you're here this morning and we can pray with you and stand with you and you're in a fight, you're going through a struggle of whatever type it may be. It's the nearness of Jesus that makes all the difference, the sense of his nearness. More on that next week. The sense of his nearness. The Lord, Paul said, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, and delivered me from the lion's mouth. Let us pray with you if you're walking through something. But most importantly, if there is still a hesitation, a question, a a wondering in this thing of, have you really received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord? Settle that today. Yes, Lord. Jesus, if you're really real, help me. Jesus, if you're really real, save me. He's not offended by that. That may be the single most honest thing you've ever said in church. And he responds to. And you will know he's calling you and he's cause he's calling you your spirit your heart will be saying yes lord and as time passes there'll be a stronger and stronger sense of faith in your heart that i believe he is the christ the son of the living god and as time goes on you will find him building things into you defeating some things that have been working to destroy you, but his life, his calling, his work, yes, Jesus, we've talked about those two prayers that can change everything, Jesus, save me, and Jesus, fill me, Jesus, save me, Lord, thank you for the freedom that is ours in you. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the future. Thank you for the destiny that is ours in you. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Open our ears to hear. Speak to us. Cause us to carry away from this time together what you want us to remember to carry away. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.